and welcome to a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Today, we will be opening up the Salt and Light Treasure Vault and pulling out some of our favorite conversations from early 2015. We begin by speaking with Father Willie Raymond about his work with Family Theater Productions in Hollywood, and singer-songwriter Joe Morales tells us about his new album, Five. In our second half hour, we speak with Mary Bastido about the most ancient vocation in the Church, the consecrated virginity, and we end the program by reconnecting with Chris Bray, who has a new live worship album, The Praises of His People. We begin now with Family Theater Productions. For the past 67 years, Family Theater Productions has been creating family-friendly films and radio and television programs. Family Theater Productions are part of the Holy Cross Family Ministries that were founded by Father Patrick Payton. And to tell us more, I am now joined by Father Willie Raymond, President of Holy Cross Family Ministries. Father Willie, it's so good to have you in our in wow. our in our midst <laughs> in person. Well, it's great to be here with you, Deacon Pedro, on uh, on uh, Salt and Light Radio. It's a pleasure. I've uh, been here a few times in the past and uh, came yes. here for World Youth Day. Yes, and uh, delighted to. Yes, yeah, good to, to have be here you in Canada, you. and and I've been with you in in Hollywood too. And we'll talk we'll talk about that. So for people who are just hearing uh, th- th- these terms for the first time, Holy Cross. Family Ministries. What what is that? Sure, Holy Cross is the congregation that Father Peyton was a member of, and yeah. that I'm a member of as well. Yeah. So we took Family Rosary, which he founded in 1942, okay. and then Family Theater, which he founded in 1947, and we uh, we kept them together as he had them. But we've we've used uh, the term Holy Cross Family Ministries since he died in 1992. So Holy Cross so, Family Ministry is kind of like the umbrella that includes Family Theater Productions and Holy Family Ho- Holy Cross. Sorry, see, I, this family is, Rosary. Uh, family Rosary. <laughs> yes, thank <right>. you. <laughs> that's exactly it. It's a good. It's an umbrella for, okay. and it's we're in 17 countries too, and uh, quite a few countries uh, outside of North America. Right, and I think people would be familiar with Family Rosary. Yes. Because of Father Peyton, but also because it ex- does exist, right. like you said, in so many other countries. In fact, I remember growing up in Panama, the bumper sticker, La Familia Que Reza Unida Permanente, the family See. that prays together, stays together. Exactly. And, and that, I thought that was just like a church thing, and then now I know I know where it came from. Sure. And it actually, it originated, that phrase originated yeah. in Hollywood. And nice. it originated with Al Scalpone, who was a copywriter in Hollywood, yeah, and he gave it to Father Peyton, and Father Peyton took it and made it famous all around the world. Okay, so 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 for people who don't know who Father Peyton is, because I suppose sure. that's possible, so he he was a pioneering. He was in Hollywood doing radio, starting radio. T- tell us more. Sure, amazing is amazing man. He was an Irish immigrant, went to Scranton, Pennsylvania, then went to the University of Notre Dame. He he underwent uh, when he was studying for the priesthood uh, a healing from terminal tuberculosis that he attributed to Mary, mm-hmm. and and so he dedicated. And this is the passion behind everything he he did. After that, he he dedicated his life and his priesthood to spreading family rosary and the family prayer to right. honor Mary and. Uh, He's very single-minded and passionate about about that. So right. he had these rosary rallies all around the world. Mm-hmm. Some, in some cases, a million, two million people. Yeah. And and in 1947, he founded 
Family Theater Productions, first radio, then television and film, because he knew that in person he could reach a few million people, but through the media, mass media, he could reach millions all around the world. But then it started with the desire to, to pray the rosary through media? Is that, exactly. Is that the genesis? Yeah. And, to, yeah. And, and especially to pray the rosary in the context of the family. Right. Family prayer. That's why the phrase, the, the family, family, that prays together right. stays together. So people could turn on the radio and pray the rosary along yes. with the program. That right. That's the idea. Right. And when he he loved Hollywood, by the way, and and <laughs> was quite a figure there in the in the early years, in the golden years of Hollywood, and he was a media pioneer. He used he used uh, radio, especially radio dramas, and he yeah. used uh, he had an agreement with Mutual, the broadcast the largest broadcast system in the country yeah. at the time. Uh, they they promised to broadcast a weekly radio drama as long as he had a, a major Hollywood personality on the show each week. Okay. So Loretta Young, Donna Michi, Steve, uh, Jimmy Stewart, Bing Ronald Reagan, yeah. Bing Crosby, all those characters. Wow. It became the thing to do in Hollywood to get on the family theater of the air, Father Peyton's uh, family That's theater. That's amazing. So, and then he, he also filmed the whole life of Jesus in, in uh, Spain uh-huh. uh, through the Mysteries of the Rosary. And and they were the, the 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 Vatican exhibit at the Brussels World Fair. Really, and you know, and those are still distributed today through Family Theater. That's and, great. And you've continued doing radio and television programs. That's right. And, films. and now we're using the internet in yeah. a, in a big way. Of course, we, we, yeah. We're on YouTube, and we're yeah, of we're course. we're starting a a, a, a uStream channel yeah. uh, coming. Uh, this uh, this fall we yeah. hope as well. So now you were you were director of family theater productions for fifteen years. Yes, yeah. So what's it like to be a priest in Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was very interesting. Uh, you know, <laughs> you could walk around. Uh, we're uh, we're right on Sunset Boulevard in yeah. Hollywood. So. Uh, I had some occasions to go up to Hollywood Boulevard, and there you have all these characters dressed as Batman and Spider-Man <laughs> and Marilyn Monroe and all that. So yeah. people would come up and say, like, are you are a you priest a- <laughs> or is this a costume? And so that, those, things, those things would happen. Uh, and yeah. In any case, um, I, I really I'm, – I'm myself, and I want, always wanted to just be myself as a person, as a priest in Hollywood. So I yeah. was in Hollywood but not of Hollywood. Yeah. There, I I did get to meet uh, some of the some of the um, the people that uh, you would recognize from the bygone days. Uh, Mrs. Hope, yeah, uh, Bob, Hope's Bob Hope's wife, wife. Dolores, uh, Ricardo Montalban, yeah, people like that. Jim Caviezel, who's still yeah, very active, he's on Person of Interest now, yes. and he was Jesus and the Passion yeah. of the Christ, yeah. And um, you know a, a lot of uh, a lot of those characters. Uh, mm-hmm. I was in a parish. I lived in Saint Monica's in Santa Monica. Oh, so yes. wonderful! I have been to parish that parish. Community. Yeah. Yes, and yes. it's uh, a lot of a lot of people in that in that uh, parish are involved in the entertainment. Isn't that industry, Arnold Schwarzenegger's so. parish? Yeah, it was until yeah. uh, you know until they split up, and I <laughs> oh, I I don't know gosh. what happened, but Maria's oh, there, and yeah. the kids are there. That's so. Sad. <laughs> So, so you you still family theater production still makes uh, actually no I was going to so that you, I know that the, the 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 Rosary with the Stars is a production that you've made right that I know we air here on Salt and Light Television um, that you've used actors sure um, uh, and I know that some of the radio programs maybe some of our listeners because they listen to Catholic radio in, in mm-hmm. the United States have heard family theater so the classic radio programs, classic radio programs those yeah. are the, those are the ones that go back. 
they actually on Mutual that that Family Theater of the Air, those classic radio dramas, uh-huh. uh, uh, ran for twenty two years, and wow. then we've in the last uh, fifteen years we remastered all of them, and because. They needed they need a lot of attention because they were yeah. on these old yes. acetate discs and all that. So they've been yeah. remastered. They've been re-released. Most of them are still holding up very well. Right. So you can hear them on relevant radio. You can hear them on serious radio. Yeah. Excellent. All of that. And now I know I I am also very familiar with some of the can I call them the the, the half hour f- films? Sure. That, the that you've made the dramas. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about those. Sure. Those, those are all faith based and family friendly. They're they're generally just under a half hour. Yeah. And they're uh, they're also related to one of the mysteries of the Rosary, but they're freestanding dramas. Okay. And and uh, in some cases, you you know, once you realize, oh, this is related to the Eucharist, like family dinner, mm-hmm. then you make. But it's still a good story, even right. if you don't know that. And the same thing with uh, Guardian Angels, which yeah. is the latest. So film. these are the last two family dinner. I guess it's about a year, two years old or so now. Yeah, well, not even a year. Not, oh, like, really? Yeah, just last year. Right. We've been very. They've been very busy out there since I left. <laughs> I left They're there in July the first. <laughs> yeah, and then they <laughs> cranked up production. So, so family dinner is one of the videos, uh, and Guardian Angels is the latest one. Tell Guardian Angels. That. Guardian yeah. Angels is a, a wonderful short film. It's about uh, surprisingly a little a little boy whose parents were both killed in a in a crash, and and it's the way he in his imagination. Uh, starts uh, dealing with with this loss and he imagines that that uh, uh, that there are guardian angels that and they have to go to school in in guardian angel okay. schools so he's, yeah, yeah. he's he imagines this whole uh, this whole situation where these uh, these guardian angels are are going to this it's called divinity school yeah. and uh, they um, there there are characters in in the um, in guardian angels that are from uh, some of the actors are uh, Miriam Margulies, uh, Margolis okay, from yeah. Harry Potter, yeah, and uh, Pomona. Uh, she she played um, uh, Pomona Sprout in Harry Potter. Uh-huh. There's Bruce Spence, who's in the Chronicles of Narnia and Mad Max Two, right. and Sonia Todd, who starred in Shine. Uh, and the the uh, this uh, this is about the way in which um, the uh, this young boy. Uh, uses his creative gifts to cope with the death of his parents, and right. he turns, in turn, he comforts other orphans who have lost their parents. And he, it's a delightful fantasy film right. Right. for the whole family. It was actually written, directed, produced in Australia, and we have oh, bought the rights okay. to it. So I it's a little see. unusual for ours, but it's we thought it really fit in right. well, and it's really a it's a wonderful short nice. film. So it's a half an hour format. What is your hope? Is it to be used in, for catechetical purposes, or, um, or yeah, I guess anybody we, can use sure, it. Sure, anybody can use it. We broadcast it on on yeah. uh, Salt, yes. and, uh, Salt, yeah, Salt and Light, Light. and uh, on uh, Catholic TV as well out yeah. of Boston. And we uh, we use them for catechetical purposes. Confirmation programs right. really like can these. They're them. kind of at the top end of the, yeah. the kind of catechetical material that's available. Right. For so, so if we have any catechists out there or youth ministers or uh, or parents, anybody who would like to, they can just go to your website and see what uh, we spoke about two of these videos, but there are many more as well as, as so many other things. There's so much we could talk about, but we're out of time. Um, uh, th- 
thank you so much for what you do. And I guess now, I, should I say congratulations on your new post? I guess your so. New, <laughs> new responsibilities. <laughs> Some people say I've been kicked upstairs, but it's actually I'm very excited about the the work that we're doing. We're in 17 countries. And, yes, that's. And you know I can't get into that right now, but it's um, our 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 mission is really to look after the health, the spiritual welfare of families mm-hmm. to help families pray. So yes. whatever we do, whether it's in film or in programs that we run, it's all geared to helping families pray. Yes. We believe the family that prays together stays together and, you know, it brings great blessings into their, into their individual lives and their family lives. Amen. That's, that's a good note to end on. Great. Um, Cause we all need help with prayer and, and to, to help families stay together. Father Willie Raymond, thank you so much for being here with us. Father Willie Raymond is the president of Holy Cross Family Ministries. He's the former director of Family Theater Productions. You can learn more about Holy Cross Family Ministries at their website, HCFM, Holy Cross Family Ministries, hcfm.org. And you can learn more about Family Theater Productions at familytheater.org. I'm going to put those links on our site so you can find them easily. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Joe Morales, with Let Love Take the Lead from his new album, Five. Life is hard, we both agree. Can beat you down till you cannot see. There's only one way for you to get free. Let love take the lead. He broke your
this heart We both agree Can beat you down Till you cannot see There's only one way That was Joe Morales with Let Love Take the Lead from his new album, Five. Now, almost two years ago, we heard from a young singer-songwriter from Pennsylvania who had a new album, Under the Sun. Uh, His name is Joe Morales, and his songs uh, were thought-provoking, memorable, and, and heartfelt. Now, Joe has a new album, Five. It's actually his fifth album, and I'm going to have to ask him if that's why it's called Five. The new album deals with topics such as love, forgiveness, redemption, and overcoming life's obstacles. And to tell us more, I am very happy that Joe Morales uh, joins us now on the line. Joe, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. Uh, thanks, Deacon Pedro. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be back on the show. Yeah, good. No, and thanks for uh, for sending us the album and, and for the work that you do. You So it's called Five, and I want to find out more about the album, but it, it's it's your fifth album, because it took me forever to figure out, why is it called Five? There's six <laughs> songs. Yeah, that that's absolutely correct. It, um, is I've it? recorded um, five independent releases. Um, the last Two in particular, I would say more of my spiritual Christianity side yeah. um, from the music perspective. But yeah, I've recorded about uh, yeah, five five recordings, five independent releases over the last 15 years. Okay, and you have on the cover the, the, the light bulb. What's the significance of the, because it makes me think of the light of the earth. You know, we're salt and light, so the light of the earth, and we always use the light bulb. So the, 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 the light bulb that's lit, is that also significant of anything? Yeah, that's um, it's very difficult to find um, good theme-type photos. Um, that was a photo that I found um, and utilized for the CD cover, and that does represent the five for the five CDs. Okay. Um, but I think for the light bulb, and I, and I used this analogy in another interview that I did, um, the light bulb going off for me was kind of my last CD, um, the, you know, I would say the fourth one, where I really feel like topics like redemption, lost love, um, and, and overcoming the darkness, for me, that was kind of a, a moment, I think, on my last CD where the themes really stood out. So I think that's kind of where the light bulb went off. I could have exchanged it into this one, but then they would be, oh, okay, <laughs> what is that? What's the theme behind that one? So there's yeah. a deeper story there, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just for people who don't know the image, uh, so there are four light bulbs that are not lit and one light bulb that's lit, but the one that's lit... <laughs> Is the fourth one, so that's kind of yep. interesting. Yeah, now 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 it all kind of makes sense now. So so I mentioned that there there are, there are these themes, and and some of these themes were there with your previous album Under the Sun, but not. I didn't feel that they were there as strong. I don't know. There's something about these, and maybe it's just how it all fits in with the music, even that it, that I felt that, especially overcoming life's difficulties and forgiveness, and and I wondered if how much that was reflective of what's happening 
or has been happening or had happened in your life during the time that you were working on these songs? Actually, this is um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I, this approach for this particular group of songs, I wanted to continue on with that same concept um, around loss, forgiveness, love. I still think these are fundamental things that um, we as Christians um, need to embrace, um, mm-hmm. ever-evolving, ever-changing. Um, well, as far as the theme forgiveness is concerned, um, and there is a song called Forgiveness on yes. the... Uh, Forgiven, I'm sorry, um, on this CD. Um, and that's really just about reflecting on some scripture. Um, it's all over the Gospels, I mean, Ephesians, uh, Matthew, talking about forgiveness. And I thought about my own life, and I thought, you know, God's forgiven me for all these things that I've done, and it's amazing to me, even as um, a person in the flesh... Um, that God would still forgive me after all this time, even if I've, after I've confessed my sins. Um, and it's such a, a joyous moment when you are forgiven and you, and you go to confession and you receive absolution, mm-hmm. um, that, that you're, you're kind of uh, embraced in God's love um, more deeper than you can even imagine. But that's one theme. And then the other parts of the theme were about around love, um, and overcoming life's obstacles. I had a family member, you just heard that song, Let Love Take the Lead. Yes. A family member that went through a difficult time, didn't know what to do. Um, sometimes you see those bumper stickers that say, um, you know, God's my co-passenger. Yeah, you know, yeah. Or go, co-pilot. co-pilot, yeah. Um, I tend to say, you know, when this issue came up with this family member, I said, you know, maybe you should just put let God take the lead and let him, you know, lead your next step, your next next choice. Um, that's going to happen in your life. So that's, you know, two elements of the CD. You know, I talk about overcoming a life, so mm-hmm. obstacles and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. No, it's, uh, it's and, and the love, the love theme for me, I mean, even, even, uh, 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 the 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 we, the song the first song we heard actually at the top of the show that uh, I can't think of the name of the church song take church on Sunday uh, church, church downtown church yeah. downtown sorry um, it's like it's it feels like a love song there's something about it you know that there's that I thought oh this this guy he's like I want to know who he's writing this song to who who's he in love with um, uh, and same with high also feels yeah. very much like a love song so. Uh, and I don't know if that's because it feels yeah, I, it feels absolutely. secular. I can tell you a little bit about those songs. Yeah, um, I co-wrote that song with a guy named Paul Coleman. Um, he's another Christian songwriter um, in Nashville. He's from Australia. He was in a from band the called News the Newsboys. Yeah, yeah. And then also um, a band called Paul Coleman Trio. Yeah. Um, the theme of the uh, that song in particular was you know I thought about the church, the body of Christ. Um, we are the church. The church is in a building, um, and I thought. Sometimes there's three different people mentioned in this song. Uh, one person might go to work um, as their their place where they find their, um, how do I say this, how do they find the release, the love, the support, um, and or they feel accepted, right. and maybe it's their work. Another person might be the party life where they, they go out and they, they explore all these things like the party life, and mm-hmm. they feel that's where they're accepted and that's where they find their love. Um, but I know the living water. And I know, um, for me, I have to be um, in the presence of Jesus, um, in the presence of prayer, um, deep in prayer. And that's where my my love comes from. Um, And and as far as the body of Christ and our fellowship with each other, that's where the love comes from. And I think the term love comes down is when we ask God, um, you know, again, for forgiveness, for love, for support, for wisdom. Mercy. All these things that um, kind of brings into our our person and who we are, and they, they make up who we are. So it's just a th- really a theme about different people, um, yeah. different walks of life, and how they, and where they go for 
I'd say for their love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that again, that 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 love that love theme. Um, for I mean, if people are hearing this for the first time now and they've heard maybe some of the songs, I don't know if the people have been able to hear from the beginning of the program. But how would you, your music is hard to describe? I, how would you? <laughs> I sound like a, like an idiot here, but how would you describe your music? To, to people who've never heard it, like how would you would you put it in a genre? And I hate um, yeah, I kind of don't like doing difficult. that. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, I think even in my bio, I mentioned um, it's hard to categorize my music and put it into a category. And I think that's what makes it appealing to the listener. Right. Um, there are a lot of there's a lot of music out there that tends to be the same, um, fundamentally the same sounds, the same, um, even the same drum beats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, the same themes, so I don't like to categorize myself. I would say um, rock, pop, folk, um, <laughs> inspirational Christian music, absolutely. Like all of um, the above. If I had to categorize myself, yes, that's what I would say. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's it's good stuff. So you are you doing this full-time now? Still not doing full-time a day nope. job to support myself, yes. um, but like it's a, a very big part of my life. Um, takes up a lot of my extra time. I have a family, of course, they're yep. number one. Yep. Um, but you know, my music comes second to that, and my job, of course. Um, but you know, this is my passion, my love, my ministry. Good. So then, are you you're you're able to do some some writing and recording and some performing? I know you have the occasional show here and there, mostly in the Pennsylvania Pennsylvania area, which is where you live, correct? Yep. I travel up to New York occasionally, yep. um, either, you know, for some mentoring or from for some seminars type stuff. But locally, mostly, um, yeah, here in the Philadelphia region marketplace. Okay, good. And so are you working on something new? Are we expecting a new album uh, in a couple yeah, of years? Yeah, I'm actually... Um, this this one just came out, so I'm still supporting that, even though some of the songs are um, a few years old for me that I've written. Yeah. But I'm working on new material right now. I'm thinking of taking um, a, a bit of a departure on the next the next recording. I'm actually going to do. Um, I'm going to kind of mix it up a little bit, kind of work in some electronic stuff um, and technic tech, techno, techno kind of sounds uh, into the mix versus just your authentic straight rock rock you know rock beat type yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to me- mix it up a little bit. Folk meets electronic. Okay, good. I'm looking forward to that. That should be interesting. Joe Morales goes electric. <laughs> electronic, good. Um, Joe, that's all the time we have, but thanks for uh, for always thinking of us, for always keeping me uh, uh, on top of what you're doing and and, and for, for doing what you do because uh, the ministry is good, the music is good, and, and uh, people are listening. Well, I want to thank you for, for your show. Um, I think this is an inspiration to many people. Um, but for independent artists, Catholic artists, that um, maybe don't have a forum or a place to, to talk about their music, um, especially given the fact that commercial radio now rarely plays Christian music yeah. or uh, Catholic music. Um, so it's wonderful that there is a ministry, a place that we have a forum um, to to air our music. Well, yeah, you're welcome. That's that's what we try to do. So I'm glad that we're that you think we're doing it. <laughs> you are. Thank you. All right, Joe. That was Joe Morales. You can learn more about him, his music. You can purchase his music or find out where his next show will be at his website, joemorales.com. And just to be sure, I'm going to post that link on our site so you can find it. But it's Morales, M-I-R-A-L-L-E-S, Morales, joemorales.com. And here now is Joe Morales with Give Him Praise from his new album, Five. Light. 
Listening to Joe Morales with Give Him Praise from his new album Five on a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Check out our website at saltandlighttv.org. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Pope Francis has declared this year, 2015, to be the year for consecrated life. And very specifically, that is for people who belong to religious communities, so nuns, monks, brothers, sisters, and priests who belong to religious congregations. But it also includes people who are living a consecrated life of permanent virginity. What is that you say? Well, here's an excerpt of a conversation that I had with Mary Bastido about this most ancient vocation in the Church. The right of consecration to a life of permanent virginity. Yes. <laughs> a life of virginity. Yes. Okay. And it's assumed well, that it's, it's permanent. permanent. Yes. Okay. So you had been renewing for a year. You spoke to Bishop Sherlock in London, and he said, you can do this as a permanent. This is something that exists in the church. Exactly. And it's interesting because it's an ancient rite that was very popular in the early days. Well, is it the most ancient form of religious life? I think so. Well, it was very popular in the fourth century, uh -huh. and you'll read some of the bishops talking about the consecrated virgins. Yes. I mean, and I sense it's this impulse from the time of Jesus. Yes. I mean, look at Mary Magdalene, for example. Mm -hmm. Just that impulse to follow Jesus with her whole yeah. life and give her all. I mean, that's at the heart of it. Absolutely. So, but the right fell into disuse as religious orders as, grew exactly. up. Because I guess practically, it, it wasn't practical for a woman to be alone as unmarried well, in, 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 that, in that society, I guess, in that well, world. And so the bishops yes. decided. So that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and, but then the bishops decided again exactly. in the Second Vatican Council exactly. to Which restore it. Which was very interesting. Yes. 1970, they sort of dusted it off and renewed it and made it available again for women living yes. in the world. So right. that's the other little subtext. Women living in the world. So it's 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 a celibate life. It's consecrated by the church. Yes. But it's not living in a religious community. That's right. So you're not a religious sister. That's right. You are and I don't have any sign except for this ring, a ring of consecration. Okay. So we don't wear a veil or a habit or anything like and that. And you don't profess vows. No, the wording of it is slightly different, like we are consecrated. So, but there's a whole intentionality about it, like it, it's like, are you resolved to follow Christ with your whole mm -hmm. heart, and are you resolved to receive solemn consecration as a bride of Christ? So the language is very much... It is interesting, because you think that, that yeah, you, that there is a vow of celibacy if it's you're committing to permanent... But it's, it's just slightly different, different than religious life in the nuance mm -hmm. of it. Right. Um, so then you just say yes. Yes. <laughs> and then the bishop lays his hands on you. It's actually more like an ordination in the 
the way the right Interesting. evolves. And it's not like with religious vows that you do temporary vows and then permanent no, vows. So it's like you have the right and that's it. Yeah. So I think, you know, that the time that I had personally to grow into the vocation was really important. Mm -hmm. It's not something you want to jump into. No. Because it is permanent. Whereas at the beginning it was kind of God saying, yes, this is what mm -hmm. I want. The response finally was, yes, this is what I want to. Yeah. So again, that's surrendering yeah, to, to and, who you really are. Yeah. And it is kind of the shape of my heart. Yeah. And it's my deepest desire to belong totally to the Lord. Yes. And it's um, a leap of faith. And I would say it's the church that's inviting me to believe. It's the church that's calling me to be the bride of Christ. Mm -hmm. That's not something I would ever assume no. on my own. I'm like, really? The bride of Christ, you know, but it's, a, it's this invitation to trust, to have the courage to trust it. Yeah, and the fact that it's the church that's called, so it's an ecclesial yeah. vocation. Yeah. It's not Very you personally so. saying, I want to consecrate myself to Jesus Christ and, and do it privately. Yeah. It's a very which, public. Yeah, which you can do, but this yes. is very public. It was a very big event in uh, the parish in Stratford. Yeah. And, and how different, and again, maybe this is not a fair question, but how different is that than, than joining a religious community? In essence, aren't they also being called to be brides of Christ? I think so. Although, you know what, not every religious sister feels that way. Like, mm -hmm. I, I know that because okay. people have told me that. Yes. Like, the vocabulary, is the sort of the spirituality of yeah. it. And there's certainly the community life aspect that you didn't feel yeah. called to join. Yeah. Definitely, you didn't feel called to join a contemplative order. But so, I came back to Toronto, this, this archdiocese, yes. in 93. And so, at the time, Bishop Clune talked to me, and he knew I was a consecrated virgin, mm -hmm. and he said, would you help me just in talking to women if they're yes. interested? Yes. I, he said, they don't want to talk to me. They want to talk to someone of who's course. living it. So since then, I've been uh, accompanying and helping women mm -hmm. to discern in this diocese. Would you call that, that is, would you call it formation? Yeah. Uh, formation slash discernment. discernment. Um, so obviously there were other women who were feeling the same tug in wherever they were, however, what a state of life they were in, feeling that same tug and approaching the church because yeah. the bishop knew. Uh, there are a few. Yes. Okay. And, and you know what? It's never going to be a lot of people. Okay. Uh, but I think it's like there's a real value of being a sign. Mm -hmm. uh, and people can consecrate their lives to God in so many different ways. Uh -huh. And we're not saying this is better or anything, mm -hmm. but it's just this one sign that's really held by the church and valued by the church. But I think it's important that uh, it's this witness of the eschatology. Eschatology, yes, yes, yes that's a big um, word that means, the, the, you mean, so, okay, so you mean that the sign to that marriage, that nuptial union that we're all called to in heaven, in heaven with Jesus Christ, we're all called to that. You're a sign in this life to that life that we're all, to that union that we're all called to. Yeah. Is that what you mean? It, it is. And I think, um, you know, I think marriage and celibacy are really mutually complementary. Yes. So I think it helps married people to see celibate people mm -hmm. and, and vice versa. Like married people inspire me and hopefully I can be an inspiration to you. That like your wife isn't everything to you. There's more, like your heart is given to God. Mm -hmm. It's not just the relationship with your spouse. You know what I mean? There's yes, I do. And, do you, and, and you don't feel that you're giving something up 
I mean, you said that your heart is shaped. Well, I am giving something up, but <laughs> it's still my deepest desire. Yes. But there's a sacrifice in it mm -hmm. as well. But the same with you. It You're is not. The same you marry one life. woman, you can't marry all the rest. Yes. You know, so there's an element of. I can't. Sacrifice <laughs> to that, Pedro. <laughs> anyway, um, but I, th I think especially today when our culture is so suspect, mm -hmm. it doesn't trust celibacy. Yes. yes. You know, and if you're a priest, for example, it kind of comes with the package. Yes. It's, and uh, even in religious life, it's poverty, chastity, obedience. Yes. But with this particular vocation, it's just about chastity. Yes. So. It, it's a witness that God really is giving that gift mm -hmm. to the church today. Right. And the fact that you're living in the world um, they because might they have, can work. They, that's right. Yeah. They have a different mission. Yes. So the work, uh, the, the, the help or the guidance that you give some of the other women or the women who are discerning, uh, you're just helping them through the journey, helping them discern what... Mm -hmm. I, guess, I guess the real question is if, if there was someone watching right now, Yes. Who's thinking? Oh, I didn't know this existed. Yeah. This is this is what I. Yeah. This is where my heart is shaped. What advice would you give so, them? I work with Bishop Boissonneau. Okay, He's in the Archdiocese of, of Toronto. Toronto. Yes. So he'd be the one to contact, and you would so meet him. So they would him. contact the bishop directly. Yeah, and then after you meet him, then he would say, "I think this is a suitable candidate. So would you walk with this person for a year or two? Okay. That would be typical. So a year or two would be typical discernment. Yes. And then and formation. There's things to read and, and then reflect what on. Happened? And, and then, then you would be consecrated after two years. Uh, oh, there's not, okay. you no, know, it's not yes. written in stone. It's just when the time is right. Yes. Yeah. And so that has happened. There's, you know, there's six or eight people that I've been walking with. In this, in the Archdiocese yeah. of Toronto, and there's six or eight group. people. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I say six or eight. Some of them left. No, okay, yeah. and, and how many are consecrated in the Archdiocese of Toronto right now? Right now. Yeah, it's about 10 or so. Like, oh, there's really? a few that I haven't met, but their names are on the list. Yes, and now just to go back to being a sign, are some of, is it different for everyone? Are some of them sort of like undercover? I mean, they're not publicly... That's right, it's quite hidden. It is hidden. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you don't know so, about it. <laughs> That's why we're doing this program. Yeah. How, so then how is it a sign? I, get, I mean, I, I know what you mean by yeah, it being a yeah. sign, but in terms of it being a, a, a physical witness to the world, that, that might not be the case, depending on yeah. your, your, so your situation. I think people that know me, I think I'm a sign on a more yes. informal level. But you're asking good questions. Like that, it's <laughs> kind of a, I, I'm not sure, it, it is a bit of a paradox there, mm -hmm. and I think it is new, and we're growing into it. Right. <coughs> right. Okay. Maybe this is a good place to end. Good questions, not always answers, but I guess that's part of our, our journey as we, as we get closer to, to Christ, which is, which is the journey that we're all on, um, and you're, you're a sign <laughs> of the journey that we need to get, get, okay. get on board. Is Thanks, that fair Pedro. to say? Yeah. It's Thank, been good to talk about it. Thank you, Mary, for your witness. That was a conversation I had with Mary Bastido, who is living her vocation as a consecrated virgin. You can watch my full conversation with Mary Bastido online at saltandlighttv.org or also on our Roku channel. If you're interested in learning more about this vocation, you should contact your local diocesan office. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Chris Bray with Pursue Me 
from his new live album, The Praises of His People. How many times I failed you How many times I've needed to come back to you And how many times you forgave me Opened your arms, embraced me Here am I, my Lord Pursue me with your heart Consume
That was Chris Bray with Pursue Me from his new live album, The Praises of His People. And singing there with Chris is, you can hear the beautiful voice of Kate Adams. Now, Chris Bray is a young Canadian singer-songwriter who's been featured on our program many, many times. He's a Gospel Music Association uh, Covenant Award winner, and his songs, Called and Finally Let Go, are frequently played on Canadian Christian radio stations. Chris is also a full-time traveling worship leader and speaker, Um, and recently he recorded a live concert in order to create an experience that would lead the listeners to to worship. It's his second worship album, but this one's live. And to tell us all about it, I am now joined by Chris Bray. Chris, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. Hey, thanks for having me back. It's so good to so good to uh, to so well, and not, not that you aren't always doing something, but so good to know that you're doing something. Um, before we we talk about the album, we just heard a conversation with a young Jewish couple, uh, part of our marriage and family series. And you've been married for eight years. You have four kids. So, mm. I, 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 if if you were to give, I'm going to put you on the spot. If you were to give uh, one piece one piece of advice to a young couple that's considering married life, what would you tell them? <laughs> oh man, that is on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if I could unload everything that I've learned in eight years of marriage into like a, a little soundbite for you. But um, honestly, you know uh, what I have looking back on the eight years of marriage and the last uh, almost six years of being a dad. Yeah, um, it's grace, man. It's uh, <laughs> it's grace. You know what? You know that song. You know that Matt Martin. Your grace is enough. And, you know, yeah, also Paul he writes and. Uh, in his epistle, you know, your grace is sufficient, Lord. I mean, that's like an anthem for our family. Is, is nice. great, you know. And nice. um, I think it's funny because we, when we had our first child, it really rocked our world. Yeah. And you know, it was everything was just flipped upside down. It's oh my goodness, you know, we have to like refigure out how to do everything again. And and then we had our second child, and it was like, oh, this isn't so bad. <laughs> like we were we were anticipating like. Oh, it's you know it's going to be like the same thing except now it's double as bad, you know. And and then we realized <laughs> that we were really really uptight parents. Yeah. Uh, with our first child, and then the second child comes along, and you know you're kind of like, oh yeah, you know we know how to do this, like yeah, yeah. it's no problem. And then the third child comes along, and it's like you know, well whatever, you know we'll just let them crawl around in the dirt. And the fourth child comes along, and then it's just like, oh, where is that one again? Yeah, whatever. Four, right? Yeah, one, two, I know. Three, yeah, they're somewhere in the backyard. And, and so it's uh, not literally, but it's you know, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you know, God really will stretch you and, and, and grow you if you allow him. And, uh, and that's been kind of neat to see and witness over the last few years. That's, that's actually very good advice to say that God's grace is, is what supports us in everything, but it's certainly in marriage and family. Um, it's four daughters that you have too, right? <laughs> yeah. Four girls. <laughs> so yeah. what's that, what's that like? Man, it is awesome. I love it. I absolutely love it. And uh, quite honestly, man, if, if God blesses us with uh, a little boy, I have no idea what I'd do with him because right. I'm a dad that's like, you know, we're painting fingernails and we're playing princess tea party and dress oh, up. And, no. you know, Oh, yeah. It's like, it's hardcore and it's girly and it's pink and purple everywhere. And it's, it's awesome. So all, I love it. Yeah, frozen all the way. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, your wife also, she was not Catholic originally. Was she Catholic when you were married? Nope. Uh, she came from the Baptist tradition, uh-huh. and about a year into our marriage, um, she kind of came to me. And she, I mean, she had attended uh, the Catholic Church with me for years, yeah. you know, even while we were dating, and she would come every Sunday with me. Right. And, um, 
but she wasn't, she hadn't gone through RCAA and hadn't been initiated yet. And about a year after we got married, she said, you know, I think I'd really like to become Catholic. Really? And, and I was like, great. And I was ready to have like all these theological conversations with her and like, okay, well let's, you know, let's talk about this. And she was like, no, I, I think I'm ready. Like, I don't have any problems with anything. And, um, you know, it just all makes sense. Like hmm. if, if this is the church that Christ founded and, you know, I want to, I want to be faithful to that. And so I was like, awesome. <laughs> and then, you know, at Easter, she was brought into the church, and it was just great. And now she's just a fantastic um, Catholic yeah, mom. And, pro- yeah, and, probably uh, better than most Catholics. Um, w- before she was, before she told you that she was interested in, in, in joining or being uh, admitted into the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. and you were considering marriage, were you, did you have any kind of hesitation about that, about marrying someone who wasn't Catholic? Um, you know what, I... I didn't really. I, I was in the, kind uh-huh. of in the back of my mind. Uh, it was placed there, probably ingrained <laughs> from my parents. Um, yeah. But I, honestly, I wasn't into my faith enough to care. Okay. Um, interesting. You know, and and it was it's interesting because I think it it was my wife Katie that really um, really brought me back to yeah. uh, our fervent faith in God, and she was the one that challenged me. You know, when she was still a Baptist and still saying like, right. well, why do you, why do you do this? And you know, why do you have to confess your sins to a priest? And where's purgatory in the Bible? She would ask me these questions that I would have no idea. <laughs> Good. And, yeah. And, and that, I think her um, and I kind of going on that journey together and we went through our CIA together. And um, I think doing that together as a couple was awesome for us Amazing. because we got to, we get to share uh, something really incredible together as a, as a married couple now. Yeah, good. Yeah, I'm also I'm married to a non-Catholic as well, and uh, and I think and I think this is a good segue to talk about the album because I think it also it, it's almost that like God has given you, Chris, this opportunity to be a bridge between in the music world, and I and I've told you this before, so and I think you agree between the mm-hmm. Catholic music world and the non-Catholic, the Christian music scene, and you have mm-hmm. an album now that it's, it's full of praise songs, praise and worship. Some most of them are are not written by you or by Catholics, but they're songs that mm-hmm. we all listen to in Christian Christian stations and I think that you're uh, was that when you set out to do this particular album to create that worship experience for your listeners were you thinking about who wrote the songs and how important it was to have songs that were accessible in that sense yeah I mean in kind of in as a, just a that's a sort of fundamental of my ministry is I feel really blessed to have that opportunity yeah. to to be able to cross camps that way. And, you know, I grew up in the Catholic world and that's home for me and it always will be. But um, to have the opportunity to witness my faith, my Catholic faith um, in these different non-Catholic communities is really cool. And um, I I get to share my perspective, which which might be a witness and illuminate some things for them. Mm -hmm. But I also, in turn, I learned some things as well. Yes. And um, it's really been awesome. You know, the last almost three years I've been in full-time ministry, Mm -hmm. um, traveling around to different churches and that sort of thing. It's, it's been really cool to see how God is working in different communities and how people have very different expressions of worship, yeah. even inside the Catholic Church. Yes, um, there's so many different expressions. Some people are, you know, more charismatic and they want to raise their hands and get passionate, excited. Some people are really uh, reverent and just love and appreciate the, the peacefulness of, of of just being in a quiet, empty church and praying, or mm-hmm. or the de- different, various different devotions that we have. And and I mean, the list goes on and on. And it's yeah. really been cool to experience that and to witness that. And I feel like this album, the goal is I, I really wanted to create something that people could 
use as a worship tool to, mm-hmm. um, to allow them to enter into worship with God. And so whether that's, you know, driving to work in the morning and yeah. putting the CD on, or if you're on an airplane with an iPod or whatever uh-huh. it is, um, just having something that's accessible and to feel like I am part of a church that's all worshiping God together and, right. and uh, to feel like you're actually there in the room with us. Yeah. And, and that's, that's that's how it came about, the praises of his people. Right. That's exactly what it is. Uh, about a year ago when you were last on this program and, and you were already working on the album, but I, we didn't get a lot of details, did, did you know that it was going to be a live album or was that something that kind of evolved? How did you decide whether to do go into the recording studio or actually do it as a concert? Yeah, well, this has been something I've been uh, I've been wanting to do for a number of years, mm-hmm. and you had mentioned at the beginning there. I have this is sort of my second worship album. My very first album that I did, I called the worship album. The worship because, album, yeah. Because I, you know, I had done some stuff in the secular music world, and I really wanted it to, people to be clear to people that no, this is this is worship. This mm-hmm. is a Christian album, and this is for God, and um, sort of consecrated, set apart, that sort of thing. And yeah. um, this, I knew right away that. Um, there's something special that happens when you get a bunch of people in a room and you worship God together. Yeah. And I wanted to capture that experience so that um, even though you, maybe you can't come to a, a night of worship or you can't be at this conference or retreat or whatever it is, yeah. that you can still, it's still accessible to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when, no matter what time of day it is, you just, you know, this is a tool and a resource for people. And so, yeah, when I, when I started planning this about a year ago, um, I, I I had a very clear vision. You know, I want these songs to be songs that people know and love, mm-hmm. um, and I want it to be authentic and live, and and uh, and that's that's what we got. You did, really uh, cool. abs- yeah, absolutely. It is all that. So every time I speak to you, you're work already working on something else. So what's what's new? What's coming down the pipes? What's <laughs> you know next? What? It's funny. Um, <laughs> God has he's uh, not only as, as a husband and a father, you know, stretching me and. <laughs> Um, allowing me to grow. I feel like as a songwriter, he's taking me different places too. And and uh, I don't know what it is, man. But like I've just been writing a lot of different kind of um, different kind types of songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of it is borderline like country. Really? <laughs> some of it is you know songs, stories, and experiences. And um, because you know, up until about a year ago, I was writing almost exclusively praise and worship style music. Yes. Um, Yes. And and now this this past year, God's been stirring different stuff in me. I think as a, as a father too, I have this one song that I wrote, and I've been um, sharing it from the stage uh, for the past few months. It's called the Molly Song, and I wrote uh-huh. it. Um, I wrote it for my six year old who, yeah, last year uh, went to school for the first year, and and uh, she came home. She said she was going to get married to a boy she met on the bus, <laughs> and and so that inspired you know that inspired me to write this song, and I share it from the stage, and it talks about you know That's the great. type of love that we're we are to aspire to to is the divine love and and that sort of thing, and so it's it's just really cool. Um, to see uh, what God has kind of placed in my heart, and I'm really excited. Uh, I know that this record just came out, but I'm really excited to see what God has, you know, for a year from now when uh, when the next one comes out too. Yeah, good. So am I. I'm looking forward to the the Chris Bray Country album. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hey, don't quote me on that. I don't know. I'm willing to follow God wherever He leads. We'll if it's see. In the country music, sure, but. Uh, don't quote me on that. <laughs> anyway, Chris, it's been good to to talk to you. Great, great uh, uh, listening to your music and having this album. And I I, I, uh, I know our listeners will appreciate it as well. So thanks for sharing it with us. Yeah, thank you so much. You can learn more about Chris Bray at his website, chrisbraymusic.com. That's also where you can book him for your for your event. Here now is Chris Bray with uh, a song by Hillsong called Go. And this is from his new live worship album, The Praises of His People.
We're listening to Chris Bray with Go from his new album, The Praises of His People. And that concludes this special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. Remember to check us out at saltandlighttv.org and reach out to me at Deacon Pedro GM. Thanks for listening.